What is going on, everybody? I am Greg Hellback, and my co-host, Michael Pinter, and I are bringing you another episode of the New York Real Estate Investing Show. This show is all about how to be successful in New York State, one of the best places and one of the most difficult places to do business in. And each and every week, Michael and I are going to bring awesome content to everybody who wants to learn how to do this business successfully in New York. Between the both of us, we have done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of deals. We've made millions of dollars and we've also made a ton of mistakes. So if you want to try your best to avoid those mistakes, definitely take a listen to this podcast. Every single week, we are going to provide actionable tactical steps on how you can be successful investing in the Empire State of New York. Stay tuned and welcome to the show. So on this episode today, we're going to talk about uh, corporate veils, legal structures, LLCs. What, why should you have one? What can they do? Uh, how do you start one? We're going to go all into the weeds in the next 25 minutes on LLCs. So Michael, I'm going to have you start because you shared something with me like a year and a half ago on this process of setting up an LLC in New York. It takes five minutes and it costs $200. I didn't know that until I knew you and I have set up a ton of LLCs since then. Zippity doodah. So simple. So for, first of all, I didn't know it. And I'm not sure if when I started doing it is when it became available online. I may have missed out a couple of years. I probably started 200 LLCs before that, where I paid an attorney in Albany, it's capital of New York, to do something that may or may not have been able to do online. So it's a very simple process. You go online, you start the LLC. And what an LLC stands for is a limited liability corporation. And oh. company, company. So the beauty of an LLC, and, and there's a lot of other options, right? In a lot of other states, it's very common to uh, own properties in a land trust or start a trust for this. But in our areas, LLCs are, are really simple and, uh, again, cheap. Right? People say, oh, a land trust saves you money. I don't know how that, that works. Not and I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of if you're going to buy and hold a property, right? Even if you're going to buy and fix and flip a property, which is going to take six months to a year, to open up an LLC separately for that property. And when I first started, I was taking a lot of private money and it was like bulbous private money. It was like, here's a million dollars, go buy some houses. And I always felt like I need to really keep track of the expenses. So I would open a separate bank account for every property that I closed on. I don't always do that now, but then I did. And the only way to open a bank account in a, in an L, in a, in a, for a specific property is to create an LLC and show the bank the doc. So that was no problem, except that I had using this attorney. It took, it took two weeks. He gave me a big book. And all this stuff, minutes and crap that I never ever used. And then um, I don't know how many years ago when I realized you could do it online, I do it online. So an LLC is an, is an amazing entity. It's an entity. It's like a company because A, it's easy to it's super easy and cheap to start. And B, you can, you can choose how it's taxed. It can be taxed as an S-corp, which means it passed straight through to the owners. Um, and if it's a single member LLC, if, you're not, if you don't have a partner with yourself, then it's automatically just passed through. It doesn't even have to file its own return. Or it can be taxed as a C-Corp if you want to do that, which I, I don't know anybody who would do that. But the, the beauty of the of the limited liability company is that it limits your liability. So another reason why why it's a good idea if you're going to hold the property for more than a month to keep to, to have an LLC, separate LLC for each one is that theoretically, and this is a, a long shot, I understand, but you're trying to limit your exposure. If somebody breaks their neck, slips and falls in front of your property, has like a serious injury, right? A 20 year old guy who was going to Harvard and breaks his neck and is now paralyzed or is a vegetable, right? Again, these are things are pretty far fetched. Unicorn stuff. Right. You could get sued for a lot of money, right? Somebody want, yeah. might want millions of dollars. Um, 
if you have if that LLC only has one asset, only has one property, you're limited to that asset. They're not going to come after you personally. They're not going to come after your other properties. So that's the idea of it and an idea of opening and of closing in an LLC. Um, there are other people that say, just I'm going to use the same LLC all the time. And I understand that. But on, just understand in, in the far-fetched case, and actually I'll tell you one great case. I'll tell you an example of how this works. Um, you know, you could have other properties exposed to the to, if, a, if a lawsuit happens. Now, so let me just tell you. So I, when I grew up, everybody said you have to take an umbrella policy, right? You want an umbrella policy, which is additional liability coverage. I have that. Right, like a million dollars. So let me tell you a story of why you may not want an umbrella policy. So my my uh, my friend did a housekeeper who got hit by a car. And well, let, um, let me just pause you real quick. Your yes. Friend, how how rich is your friend? So this guy's really rich. Just gave yeah. a ten million dollar uh, uh, donation to 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 us to a school. That's how rich, okay, yeah. 10 million. Yeah. And that's not the only money he's given. So he had this umbrella policy. And I can understand it then because you don't want anybody to pierce. But the point is there was an umbrella policy on the car. His, his son was driving it. And the, the, the woman had injuries, right? She broke some bones. So he, the the son it. hit the woman, the housekeeper. So hit the housekeeper. And like, I'm pretty sure that if there was no umbrella policy, they would have settled for like $100,000. The attorney would have got 40. She would have got 60, that kind of thing. But because they saw this, multi-million dollar umbrella policy, the housekeeper got like two and a half million bucks. And my friend called her when she recovered like to work. And she goes, I know work no more lady. She got like more money than she could ever dream of. She's got her own housekeeper they, now. They looked for the liability. In other words, if the policy wasn't there, it wasn't like they were going to go, hey, we're going to go sue this guy uh, personally. Because it wasn't a situation where he like mowed her down violently. He, she never would have got a judgment. He never would have got a judgment in court for millions of dollars. She broke her leg. Like she... She would. She could have gone back to work six months later, yeah. but because they saw this, they went for whatever they can get, and they got her like three million bucks for a Wait broken a leg. So, so because he had an umbrella policy, they saw the insurance policy listed under his assets, and they. And they but said, that didn't cost him any money, though. The insurance policy, right? It didn't cost him. What I'm, what I'm saying is that when most of our lawsuits that we're going to have, whether we're going to sue somebody or whether we're going to be sued, are you going to be over an amount of money that we disagree on, right? A contractor does a shitty job and we say we don't want to pay him and he sues us for the rest. And then it's like, well, $20,000 and is it worth it to litigate because it cost me $5,000 to litigate? Yeah. Things like that. Uh, you, you didn't give me my $20,000 deposit back and you really should. But the, my point is that it doesn't really get escalated unless someone sees that there's some place to collect from or if you do something that's like really malicious, right? So if you go, like if you went over to a contract, you took a tire iron out, hit him in the head and broke his neck, then you're in trouble, right? But yeah. most, most of the time, it's not going to happen, right? We're not going to yeah. do things that are stupid. But you got to understand that if you, but, but if the if the insurance policy is there, then any litigator is going to go for whatever they can go for. So I didn't, I never took that umbrella policy, and if that story, I don't think I will, um, because I don't plan to do anything malicious, and I don't need people jumping for joy when 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 I when I nick their car. So, right. So but the point is with the limit liability companies, you want to limit your liability and creating that entity and operating in that entity limits liability from you. And if you have different LLCs for each property, it limits liability to just that property. A hundred percent, especially if you have rental properties, uh, you got to be having them in LLCs. You know, I'll buy a rental in my personal name and then I'll refi into an LLC. Or if I buy it in an LLC, I will then have to probably put it in my name to do a refi, but then I'll put it back into the LLC. So you don't want to have your name associated with long-term holds or flips. I mean, because flips, in my opinion, are probably more risky than rentals. Eh, depends on the scenario. But you think because someone will sue you because if they don't like the work? 
Well, no, like the contractor falls down a ladder and breaks his fucking arm. Like, you know, if so, here's, I had one of my friend, you know, my friends, uh, I'm not going to mention their names, but they uh, had a bunch of slip and falls on properties and they got sued. Like, like the realtor slipped on the, on the ice. Like, it's just, it's just like crazy shit. So the flipping a property, there's, you know, when you're doing construction on a property, especially depending on which contractor you're using, you know, there's, there's real risk there. You know, someone, you know, goes to an open house and, or maybe there's, you know, there's a lot of ifs and there's a lot because there's open activity at a flip, right? There's people going in and out of the flip. There's contractors going in and out. You have subcontractors, sure. tractors there working. Like you want to have not only an LLC, but you want to make sure that, you know, your contractor has insurance and you got to verify that. And sometimes you even want to like the real way is you want to have you, your LLC be the additional insured on his insurance policy because, right. you know, to work with, to work with yeah, yeah. For liability. yeah, yeah. So Here's what I've noticed with LLCs in terms of setting them up, right? And this isn't legal advice or accounting advice. So no, right. We're not attorneys. So do yeah, no, we're not attorneys, but this is just kind of a conversation starter here. If you want to set up an LLC, you can literally go on. You don't have to go to LegalZoom. You don't have to go get an attorney. This is in New York. Other states, Wyoming, it's much different. So this is not. Well, I've, set, I've set one up in Florida also. It's very easy. In some states, it's simple. In some states, you do need like yeah. a registered agent. That kind of you thing. want, yeah, you want to do it. Exactly. So in New York, at least, without giving legal advice on this podcast, is you literally go to the freaking New York state government website, corporation page. You file the LLC. You have to name Department it. Of state. Department of State takes literally two minutes. You get the LLC, you pay the fee, and then you got to go get an EIN number from the IRS. You go on the IRS.gov, put the LLC that you just created, download right. the EIN sheet. It's the easiest shit ever. And be um, careful. Be careful with the EIN because when you when you search for EIN, you're going to get a lot of companies that are going to charge you to do something that's free. So just make sure you're on IRS.gov. And yes. if anybody asks you for money to set up an EIN, can get out of that site and go go back uh, to the, go back to the IRS site because a lot of people pay for you know, search for pay-per-click and for SEO. And when you type in, I get my EIN online, you're gonna get 25 people who want to charge $20 for something that you can do for free. Yeah, like so, so, so actually it's interesting you said that because there's a company I found from a Google ad, ironically, because uh, I've had some problems with selling flips where like my, I needed to get a good standing letter and I was like, fuck, like, I don't know what to do. There's a company called SunTrust Docs and I thought it was a fucking scam because it was like a Google ad. Right. What is this? They fucking absolutely crush it. I needed a good state. Any state, any state, any state, anywhere, anytime, any place, even on vacation in Maldives, they'll do this for you. So I fucking go on SunTrust. That's I good. called them. I'm like, hey, is this a scam? And they're like, no. I said, okay. Uh, yeah, we're New Yorkers, man. We're, so we're, they're going to say yes. Oh, yes, sir. We're a scam. How can we? <laughs> Bangladesh. <help you? laughs> yes. I said, I needed a good standing letter like yesterday. They said, okay, we can do that for you for like 80 bucks. I said, okay. How long does the process take? So they said that you know, within two days, we have direct access to the county, to the state clerk in, in, uh, in Albany. And I'm like, really? They're like, yeah, gave him 80 bucks. I had a good standing letter in my email inbox, literally within two days, closed escrow on the property. And that was that, you know, a lot of, a lot of that is for out of state. stuff. like New York, they don't really fucking, they don't really care. Nobody really looks for it, but out of state people, California, they're like sticklers with that. Same thing with Pennsylvania. Um, a lot of states where they demand a good standing letter. Just so stupid. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. New York State, as much bullshit as it seems, it's actually really easy to fuck around. Like you, the oil tanks you can pull out, you know, at midnight. You know, I didn't hear that from I'm me. Not, never, never. Just yeah. leave it there. Permits you can close out. Like you can close with a permit. Like they don't, they'll, like they'll no, trade. Like you can trade, but you're going to get fucked back on the Jersey. They won't let that happen. You can't trade in some towns. So they have to close it out. It's a point of sale. 
uh, Every municipality has their own their own craziness. Well, yeah. sept septic issues also not such a big thing in New York. Nope. Septic issues. They don't like, care bigger about issues that. In, bigger issues in Jersey with that. Jersey. So when it comes down to LLCs now, so to give practical advice for people. So here's my non-legal advice, but I, this is for the beginner listening to this who's probably like, oh my God, I've never even done a deal yet. In my opinion, if you don't have money or assets, get your first deal in your personal name. Don't fuck around. You can get an LLC if you want, but don't let setting up an LLC be mental masturbation on prospecting, right? Like don't let... I got to create my LLC. I but if you, but if you need, if you need to do hard money, they're gonna not gonna want to do it in your personal name. They're gonna want to. If you're wholesaling, if you're assigning, if you're wholesaling, you're not gonna close. Then your personal name is fine. Doesn't matter. Hard money lender won't lend on a, on a personal name. You have to have an yeah. LLC. You have to have an LLC. Correct. And and but so I used to do this in my personal name before I knew what the hell I was doing. And there is an advantage in New York, at least in Nassau and Suffolk County, of doing your personal name because you can, if you have to evict which obviously nobody wants to evict. Um, but you can evict, pers if you own the, the property personal name, you can represent yourself pro se, which you may say, really? see, see, yeah. But if you own an LLC, you have to hire an attorney. And I can probably do an eviction better than attorneys. I prefer to do in my name. But now that I buy everything in LLC, I have to hire an attorney. So just really? something that, yeah. A, 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 an, an individual person can never, an individual person can go pro se, an entity can never go pro se, ever. In any legal proceeding, so any any time an LLC gets involved, um, you can't represent yourself, even if you're a sole member LLC. I think that's pretty much a law. So it's you can do law an eviction if Michael Pinter owns one, two, three Main Street. Michael Pinter can file an eviction against Sally Smith. Correct. And I'd prefer I, between. Listen, I don't want to spend a lot of time. Thankfully, I'm done, almost done. I have two evictions going on, and I think they're both going to be gone soon. But um. But but I, I sometimes my, my attorney dropped the ball on one of these deals for, for two and a half months, didn't do what he was supposed to do. Like I never would have, if I was doing it myself, I, I would, the, day, the second that day came due and the guy wasn't gone, I would have uh, served him. So had him served. So again, but, but, but the only, the only thing is, so again, I agree with you. If you're, if you, if, if, if forming an LLC is some kind of major block in your brain to doing it, buy the property in your own name, just understand that, I mean, the, the buyers aren't going to realize till 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 they're ready, till you're ready to go. Buyers are not going to think of you as a uh, much of a professional if you're doing it in your own name. But it doesn't matter because the only time they're going to see that paperwork is after you've already agreed to a price and they're willing to buy. So they don't care, but they're just going to say, "What's your?" Because because every single transaction I've done has been between me and an LLC. I, I don't think I've ever um, sold to on a wholesale deal sold to. I've never signed a personal no, but I've just that's just like. I don't know. That was right. just but again, if it gets you your first deal and 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 takes away this fear you have, then then you don't need to, right? You're not owning it. You really have no liability. Who cares? It doesn't matter. And it's just something to think of to do to do later. People will say, oh, con they're concerned with taxes and things. Doesn't matter. If the sole member LLC, you're gonna eventually open up. It's exactly the same as you doing in your own name. Doesn't matter. Well, it's just funny you say that because it's like if you're just starting out and you don't have any money, like what are you protecting? You're protecting what a bank account with five grand in it, not knocking someone. I'm just being Correct. real. Like, you know what I mean? Once you have assets and you actually 100%. have to protect, you got to obviously, you know, do that. But if you're like worried about getting sued on an assignment and you have five grand in the bank, like there's not a lot of fucking litigation. Like, take the five grand out and put it in your mattress. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, but, um, so you got to, you know, in New York, you can set it up pretty simply. I, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't really worry too much about it. Here's another thing, Mike, I want to talk before the show's over. I know you got to go in too. Uh, 
What about this whole public? I actually ran into this uh, oh, publication. The the, the publication because my one attorney was like, "Hey, where's the the publication?" I said, "This is a shell LLC." I said, "I can wipe my ass with that." And they were like, "I was like, yeah." I'm like, "What the fuck am I publishing for?" You right. Know? So the only the only time it comes up is from some attorney that figures he's got to ask you for proof. I get asked for proof of publication. Yes, a lot. So my, my overarching LLC, I I did publish, so I can show Me it. Too. But but my most of my attorney goes, "What the hell do you need that for?" Um, so this is an interesting question and I, and I got, mo and if you ask 10 attorneys, you're going to get, you might get 10 different answers. So my, the first attorney I used who was not a litigator. He was just a good real estate guy. He told me, if you don't publish, they can pierce the corporate veil, which means they can come after you personally. So I, that scared the shit out of me. So the first hundred LLCs I opened, I, I probably published. Publishing could cost more than, publishing will yeah, cost, publishing more cost more than buying an LLC. Publishing costs at least 300 bucks, 400 bucks. Then I spoke to a guy who was really a litigator, a freaking bulldog of a litigator who I trusted. And he's like, let me tell you the truth. If you don't publish, it's almost harder for us to, to, to pierce the corporate veil. And I'm like, why? Because then the LLC isn't fully formed and you even go through it. So most of the time I don't publish. Now, if I have something where I figure there may be pending litigation, I will publish. After the because fact. After, it doesn't matter. You can publish five years later. No one gives a shit. So, um, but in general, I don't publish. I really don't. So uh, people go bananas and they think that I'm nuts. And I, I got to tell you, I haven't had an issue. So uh, that's my thought on publishing is, you know, you can talk to your local attorney, but I promise you, if you ask a bunch of guys, don't ask a real estate guy about it. Um, ask a, a guest guy who does litigation, who really fights in court and goes after people who, who publish or don't publish. And it's probably different in every state also. So I don't know. But no one, there is no publication police. So if you don't publish, it's not like someone's going to knock on your door and go, sir, you're supposed to publish within... 90 days, it's three years later, please turn around, assume the position you're being arrested for non-publication. That doesn't happen. So you don't have to worry about that. It's just a question of whether you're really getting all the benefits of the limited liability or not. And, I, and it, it's really up for interpretation. So, and I can tell you most of the time, again, 99.999% of the time, even if you're gonna be sued, they're gonna assume it was published. They're not even gonna ask for it. Hey, let's see your publication. So let's see if we can go through it. It's not even gonna come up. No. So, but I'd say if you if you have something where you think it's pending litigation, you may you maybe you might want to publish, but you could go back and publish it afterwards, you know. Yeah, you can publish anytime. Then no yeah. one's gonna no one's rejecting your publishing, sir. This LLC opened eight years ago. How dare you publish that? They're happy, <laughs> they're happy to take your money. Don't percent. One more thing on the LLCs, and then we'll wrap the show up. So there's another thing. If you there's anonymity, right? A lot of people like LLCs because an anonymity just means that people don't know who you are, right? Um there's two ways you could do that, right? You can have a registered agent, which just means someone who gets the the the, the an attorney, an attorney, attorney. Usually, yeah. So there's services out there that can be your registered agent. So if you got sued for some reason, they would get served, they'd give you the paperwork, right? So what I've done, and I'm sure you've done this, I'm my own registered agent a lot of the time. Uh, I don't know. If I'm, that's I'm, I'm not. I don't even use a registered agent. I'm well, the I'm, signer. Yeah, it's it's tied to Mr. I'm the signer and the organizer because I, yeah. I don't need anonymity. If someone wants, I. I I don't commit crime. I don't fuck people over. So I don't really care if people knows who I am, right? If I was a scumbag, I would really want anonymity, right? But I don't give a shit. You can know what I do. I'm an open book. I don't care if you know who I am. So that's the way I look at it. You want to know the real hack to this? And I, I've done some digging on this and then I'll, I'll end the What's show that? with this cool nugget. So I've, I've listened to a lot of books on asset protection. I've watched a bunch of videos. I understand it pretty well, you know? And uh, so if you really want to be disguised, this is the, here's the cheat code here. I'm going to give you guys $10,000 advice for free here on the show. All right. What you do, and this is not legal advice for heaven's sake, right? Consult with your attorney. You file an LLC in Wyoming. Okay. The LLC in Wyoming, you have a registered agent, you get an attorney to be the registered agent. So it's not tied to you at all. 
And then anytime you file an LLC, you need uh, it needs to be member managed or manager managed, right? You make the LLC manager managed, and then you open up another LLC in New York. In this case, let's say you're buying a rental property, and you make the manager or yeah, you make the manager of that Wyoming LLC the LLC as in New the, York as the member. Yeah, as the member. So then really nobody, it would be very difficult for an attorney to see who's actually tied to that because Wyoming has very strong companies. Wyoming has very strong privacy protection laws, yeah. right? So you, you, you basically could be, you know, it would be very difficult for an attorney to find you because if they go peel back the Wyoming LLC, they'd see that it's a New York LLC and it, it's a real kind of gamut. So what I found is that a lot of people who have huge assets, they, they buy properties in Wyoming LLCs. And there's a lot of privacy, like nobody, you, it's very hard to find out who owns it. So if you have a wholesaler, you want to find a cash buyer and you see the buyer bought in a Wyoming LLC, you might as well just, you know, look for another buyer. Because <laughs> you're not going to find them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I get a lot of texts from like wholesalers because they see that I own the LLCs that I've closed on. So me too. that's actually worked out for me on some deals. But anyway, long story short, to summarize the show, you know, if you're brand new and you're a wholesaler, I wouldn't worry too much about the LLC in the beginning. I would set the LLC up after you do a deal or two, once you know you want to stay in this business. Uh, to set an LLC up, it's very simple. Michael actually has a YouTube video on him doing it, I believe. If you did, yeah, I did a screen share because they yeah. changed. I did, one, I did one a few years ago and then they changed the whole website. I didn't know what the hell was going on. So I did another video just showing the update. I think I deleted the old. Yeah. It's very easy to do. So, you know, you can set it up online. You don't need an attorney to do it in New York, at least. Um, if you want to get an attorney, you know, feel free to just give Michael and I the money instead. Uh, and we'll just, we'll take your money and we'll, we'll go to dinner. <laughs> uh, you know, so, so just, it's not that complicated. It does protect you legally. Um, you know, definitely make sure that you have the EIN number and you, you know, have an operating agreement, which is a word document you can just draft up. There's, you could just download a boilerplate one and, and, you know, it's really not a big problem. So, Make sure, you know, but if you are closing and like flipping homes and doing rentals, you definitely want to have that set up so you can protect your butt. And um, don't let getting an LLC be something that can prevent you from doing the real work, which is prospect sales and marketing, right? We're not in the real estate business. We are in the sales and marketing business. We happen to transact real estate after we, uh, you know, that's another, we got to do that another show on that. Actually, we'll tease everyone. What's it's that? like the sales and marketing, right? Like people don't want to face the reality that our business is simply sales and marketing. We happen to be selling and marketing. For sure. By the way, we should do that as a topic. It's good because I didn't believe it for a long time and I, and I was wrong. Uh, I, I didn't want to accept it and I was too busy trying to form my LLC. I'm um, a big fat real estate mogul. I'm not a salesperson. Salesperson, I retarded. But the truth is that uh, <laughs> the truth is that's all we really do is, is sales and marketing. If you're good at that part of the business, everything well, else is gravy. If you can find off-market deals, the, the money will find you. So anyway, hope everyone enjoyed the show. I'll catch everyone in the next episode and uh, talk to everyone soon.